nothing special, nothing fancy or flashy or over the top or anything of that nature. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I am your host, Adam Portress, and I'm back again, everybody. I know it's been a hot second here, but don't worry, you're going to get so much content uh, in the next week that you're going to be like, you know what, I'm kind of sick of that guy. <laughs> I wish he would go away. Uh, because, man, oh man, you know what I've been doing, kids? I've been watching the hell out of some movies, and uh, the last two weeks have really been no exception. Uh, so we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. So here is what we're going to talk about today. We got a, I got a little bit of what you've been watching, uh, but we're going to get into uh, three main new release reviews, uh, movies that are in theaters right now. First up is going to be The Grinch, the 2018 reimagining for the, what, 578,000th time. <laughs> and, you know, we'll figure out if that was worth it. Then we're going to take another uh, delve into the uh, the world of J.J. Abrams' produced uh, stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, we're going to be talking about Overlord, a movie that I think uh, was probably advertised horribly. And we'll talk about where the shortcomings of that would have been. And we're going to wrap everything up, uh, with this particular episode at least, with a uh, review of uh, the girl the girl in the spider webs. See, that's how this, you see how it all comes together? Uh, that's what you call planning, everybody. Uh, so, and whether or not that was a sequel that needed to be made, we'll talk about that. And uh, uh, the old phrase, day late and a dollar short. Well, we'll see if that... Uh, comes together. Uh, but first of all, I do want to say thank you guys for uh, sticking with me here. Uh, work has been a little bit strange, but at the same time, too, I've uh, been, I, I don't know, something about it. I just haven't had the energy to put this uh, show together. But I do today, and uh, we're going to get some good stuff. So first of all, let's get off to, oh, I do want to take a, a hot second out here. To thank everyone that supports this show over at patreon.com slash the film find. Thank you all for uh, helping make this show possible and keeping it coming to you every week. Uh, I really, really appreciate all of you guys and everything that you do. And uh, more bonus content coming your way. I have a couple of ideas and uh, it may involve the return of somebody you never know okay we'll we'll talk about that when the time comes but let's go ahead and get into what you've been watching this week i really want to delve into something that i took a lot of time out to do and i'm kind of glad that i waited uh the amount of time that i did in order to do it uh we're still kind of wrapping up some uh some halloween stuff if you will and uh there's a series out on amc right now that just wrapped up called eli ross history of horror and uh it's good it's some good stuff. They take each episode to talk about a specific type of horror movies and things like that. We have uh, your uh, zombie movies. We have uh, vampire movies. They talk about uh, aliens and things of that nature. And uh, he talks to, like, everybody. Everybody from, you know, James... Uh, is James Cameron in that one, or is that another thing that I'm thinking about? We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> uh, but everybody from Rob Zombie, Greg Nicotero, to... Uh, uh, Joe Dante, Quentin Tarantino, Diablo Cody, uh, John Carpenter, uh, you, you name it. You name it, these people are in there and he is talking to them. And uh, it, they just go through little, you know, genre by genre of horror, subgenre rather by subgenre of horror uh, for each episode. And they, it's, it's good stuff. It's really good. John Landis is in there. I'm trying to think. Edgar Wright. Uh, if there's somebody that's made a horror film that you dig, uh, chances are there's a good chance that they're probably uh, within this realm of horror luminaries uh, that's out there. Uh, it's really good. I would suggest that. Uh, I well, hmm, it's a tough it's a tough suggestion because I'll tell you this. Uh, as I was looking, I was like, well, I'm gonna go on the little AMC app and see if you know if all the episodes were there because thankfully I waited till uh, just about to the end. I think there was only one week that uh, hadn't premiered by the time I started watching uh, the show. Um, so I was like, well, I'm going to go in there and check it out. I went to the little AMC app on the Apple TV and whatnot, and they were like, hey, here's some behind-the-scenes stuff, bonus features, if you will, if you're like an AMC Whatchamadoozy uh, member. And 
the bitch of it all is, in order to get this, you A, have to be subscribed to a service that has AMC. That's not a problem. I could do that. I could log in with some of those credentials. Not a big deal there. And they're like, okay, thank you for that. We're aware that you have this. Awesome. Uh, would you like to get this bonus content that's got like, you know, an hour conversation, extra conversation with Tarantino, a 45-minute conversation with Edgar Wright, another, uh, you know, uh, half-hour-plus conversation with um, uh, John Landis or whatever, Joe Dante. Uh, that's another $5. <laughs> now, I guess, I mean, hey, man, if you're into AMC and you're into all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, I'm sure there's other things within this app and within the uh, purview of this uh, extra $5 on top of what you've already spent for your cable subscription. Now, granted, you can watch the shows without commercials now, la-di-da. I mean I, I mean, I guess that's good and whatnot, but it's one of those, you know, I already pay for this service. Am I, you know, why would you charge me? I, you know, whatever. So it's it's money on top of money. And let's be frank here. This is going to be the MO for things going on. This is where we are headed as 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 the future, kids. I strap in because this is where it's going. Where you're going to see constant places where everywhere you go, someone is going to give you another, uh, be like nickel and dime you for something else. Just to be like, oh, would you like this? Now, if they make it worth it, that's one thing. But if they don't, oh boy. Uh, but I listen, I enjoy the special feature stuff. Will I continue to have this $4.99 a month uh, subscription for this? No. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone should unless, like I said, unless you're like a wild AMC, you know, uh, crazy fan or something like that. I, I can't foresee any reason why you would have this for, you know, longer than a month. I'm sure you could bang out all the special features and whatnot within that set amount of time, so... Uh, you know, I wouldn't suggest that. But anyways, I, I would recommend, uh, especially for those of you that are new uh, to horror and things like that or want to explore more of that or the subgenres therein, I would suggest checking out uh, Eli Ross' History of Horror. Honestly, I wish it was a series that was going on for a while and would like really get into super depth and like it would have been cool to be like, hey, this whole season is about zombies. This whole season is about vampires. This whole season about this because, I mean, you know, the film as a medium is, you know, a bit over 100 years old. So it's not like you can do it forever, mind you. Uh, but at the same time, there is so much stuff to mine out of, you know, those slightly over, let's just call it 100 years for uh, brevity's sake. So there's 100 years worth of stuff to dissect right there. That would be pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, maybe not everybody's as nerdy as I am, but that's how I see it. Anyways, uh, so that's what I've been watching there. I do want to bring this up. This isn't really what you've been watching, but it is a little bit more of uh, me gabbing on because some things have happened. Uh, I have been a fan of Filmstruck. Uh, the It's from Warner Media. They've uh, put out an app and everything, and they are going to be shutting down at the end of this month. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of nerds out there took it as a took it as a as a blow to their ego. But here's the thing, and I will also say this because I just you know I hear a lot of this stuff. I hear a lot of people talking about what they like and what they would uh, you know want to continue to see going and things of that nature, but they don't support. You know what I'm saying? I, I I know so many people that are like, oh man, I love this nerd stuff. This is like, you know, I, I love movies and this, that, and the other. But when it comes down to it, when do you see these people? You know, did did how many people did I see at the uh the retro horror screenings um at Ayersley Grand this year? One. I saw one person I knew. One person from the supposed large swath of you know film nerd community in charlotte i you know i saw one it's pretty bad <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh i'm going to go tonight uh as i record this i'm going to go out and see a uh like a thanksgiving horror film called blood feast uh it's free 
It's in the back of a video store on, you know, 100-inch screen and everything. I've gone to many of these things uh, throughout the month of December, or excuse me, October, rather, uh, for a lot of horror stuff. And it's been a delight. It's been really good. But again, you know, you're looking at like 30 people worth doing stuff. And there are some people that, you know, that I know are just nerdy, nerdy people uh, that supposedly are in super into film and things of that nature. And you look around and they're not there. And so when it comes to things like this Filmstruck deal, I, I hear a lot of people throwing, you know, wringing their hands and stuff saying, hey, why, it's a shame this happens. And I want to go, how long did you subscribe to Filmstruck? Were you subscribed to Filmstruck at all? Uh, because I, I don't know that enough people were. I mean, I think they said... Uh, I think the reports were like maybe 100,000 subscribers, which is, it's good, but it ain't great, especially with the uh, uh, amount of content they're putting out. So as one might imagine, there were a whole lot of people that were going through and saying like, oh, but, uh, you know, we want this back. Don't take this away from us. It's like, you know, at the same time going, did you ever know that it existed before they took it away? I don't know about that. Um but we've talked about it on this show before, <laughs> so uh, I know that we I know we've talked about it here. Um, but that kills me. It kills me that people all of a sudden, the second that that someone tries to take something away from them, they're like, "Oh, wait a second, what is this? What's going on? I don't I don't like this." Um, but there there looks to be a little bit of hope on the horizon here. While the film struck is going away, it looks like in the new year, Criterion is going to put out a uh, a channel of their own. And Criterion was an actual addition that you could get onto the Filmstruck catalog if you wanted to. Uh, that gave you access to Criterion films and uh, special features therein and whatnot, which was great. And so I think you can pay like a there's a uh, there's a thing going on right now where you can pay like a certain amount uh, for for like a I guess pre-ordering this new Criterion streaming uh, collection that they'll be doing, or you can do like eighty-nine bucks for the entire year, which is which is pretty good. Uh, and, and I might end up doing that just so I can have that at my disposal as a as a thing. But I'll say this because we're in the thro- I think we're in the throes of it. If we're not, it, it may not go on for too much off a longer. But uh, we're at the Barnes and Noble twice a year sale right now for Criterion discs. Okay. Um, so I, to me, I want to just yell at people and go, you know, what's never going to be taken away from you, a a Blu-ray that you bought, you know, uh, I know there's a lot of people out there (laughs) in the Hollywood system that go, technically you're just renting the rights to play the Blu-ray in your house from us. I don't know why they sound like Jesse Ventura. You're just, you're just getting those in order to play the Blu-ray in your house. But if we wanted to come and get it, we could come and get it. Uh, but no, that's not true. Or if they can't, they they can give it a they can give it a shot. I'll tell them that much. Uh, but we've we've seen this over the years with streaming services and things of that nature. Even ones that you supposedly have bought your film from. Let's take you know, I mean, even the highest of high people uh, like uh, iTunes. So you, there are people who have bought things on iTunes that will go back to see it later and go like, oh, I'd like to download this again. Only to find they no longer have the rights for you to download them. Uh, so again, I always suggest physical media is the way to go. I've been screaming this for a long time. A lot of people just go, oh, I've got Netflix. I'll just be able to stream stuff uh, until they say that you can. Well, this will always be there. You don't know that. You do not know that. If they took away Stranger Things when you never got to see it again, you'd be screwed. But I've got season one on Blu-ray. I haven't gotten season two on Blu-ray. But uh, physical media, man, it's still a thing. It's still viable. I, I certainly hope it's not going away anytime soon. Though uh, I think they just announced that there may be a possibility for a discless Xbox coming up. No, don't do that, people. That's that's just such a horrible, horrible idea. <clears throat> okay. So I've got more to talk about and what you've been watching and stuff. We'll do some of that stuff next week. But you know what? I say it's time we get to some of these movies because, boy, oh, boy, have I been watching some movies. Let's go ahead and take a listen to the trailer for The Grinch. Hey, you Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> Mr. 
behold, the cookie. This is our enemy. No, no, no. We must resist. Who is this mean fellow with his skin all green and his teeth all yellow? We will drop the sleigh from the roof, okay? Go team! the trailer for The Grinch first new release review of the week I'm DB Plotline as we know I am DB always 100% correct in everything they say and or do oh boy they really went out of their way this time a grumpy Grinch plots to ruin Christmas for the village of Whoville deep uh, this is <laughs> directed by Yarrow Cheney and uh, one Scott Mosier, for those of you that probably know Scott Mosier, a uh, longtime Kevin Smith producer. Uh, this is his kind of uh, big directorial uh, debut here. Uh, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Cameron Seeley, uh, Rashida Jones, Pharrell Williams as a narrator, I guess. Uh, Tristan O'Hare, uh, Kenan Thompson doing a fantastic job in this. And of course, the great, and I can't believe she's not late at this point. Uh, Angela Lansbury. God bless Angela Lansbury. Still rocking it, man. Um, so here's the thing, man. Uh, we've got we had the original Grinch forever in a day. It was a it's a stalwart around uh, Christmas time on television. It's always there. It's uh, darn near as ubiquitous as a Christmas story. Though, man, if they played the that twenty eight minute film back to back to back for two days like TNT does uh, for Christmas Story, eh, it might be a little bit much. Um, but we we've got that one uh, beloved by many, I would certainly say, and then we have uh, the Jim Carrey Grinch uh, live action directed by Ron Howard. Um, that I've learned. A lot of people really, really like. I don't dislike that movie. I don't hate the movie. It is Jim Carrey just coked out of his mind up to 11. But it's not It's not bad. It's just not, I don't know. It's weird, man. You got those weird people in there. And it's just like, look, if you put, like, Clint Howard looks weird enough as it is. But you put Clint Howard in, like, who makeup, man? Um, I haven't done drugs while watching that, but I would now that I think about it. <laughs> but, um, so, but I was surprised. I was surprised talking to people just going like, oh man, that Jim Carrey one, man, that's a classic. Now, I, granted, I work with a lot of kids that are 25 and don't know no damn better. Uh, <laughs> and it is one of those things that like, hey man, if you watched it as a kid, it has that indelible, uh, you know, uh, bit in your mind there. But is the new Grinch worth uh, worth writing a home about, man? Um, I would say that it is. Honestly, I think this is one of the ones. I went to this at an early screening on a Saturday. Uh, theater about half full. 
I think most people really, really enjoyed this. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, if you did not know that he was the voice of the Grinch, I don't know that you would have put that one together. He, uh, he really transforms himself here. And he's not on screen, idiot. That's a cartoon. I'm like, I get it. I get it. But you don't recognize it. It's like, oh, that's clearly just Benedict Cumberbatch's voice. Uh, but one that you definitely do is uh, Keenan Thompson. You definitely know Keenan Thompson is that because Keenan Thompson is always Keenan Thompson, no matter what he's doing. I, I like that guy, and uh, you know, God bless him. Uh, he's he's, he's a hell of a worker. I think he, he's been on Saturday Night Live longer than Tim Meadows, and that's uh, Lord knows that's saying something, man. I think he's like, oh yeah, he's been on SNL for twenty years, and you're like twenty years. That can't be right. And then you look, and you're like, son of a bitch. How about that? Uh, but look, the it's a whole lot of fun. And you're, you're taking, again, what is normally, I don't know how long the book was. I don't know how long the Grinch stole Chris, the original Dr. Seuss Christmas uh, story was. Not sure how long that is. Uh, can't be too awful long because I think the animation was almost, you know, more or less a direct translation of that and then put into animated form. Uh, but with this one, man, there's a lot of fun. I think the design in everything is fantastic. There are so many small details in this, and that's what I'm really loving about today's animation, is that everywhere you look, uh, like they're they're really speaking of Blu-rays, it's really Blu-ray quality stuff here. In as much as you can pause it and just look at everything in the background. And there's so much stuff. There's so many little tiny things that are all over here, there, and everywhere. How things are designed in this crazy, you know, over-the-top world and everything. It's it's a gorgeous film to look at. I would definitely suggest, uh, if you can, see it in 3D. It's, it's, it's well worth it, and I think it certainly uh, helps elevate things. And, I, you know, I know that that's not for everybody, <laughs> but, you know, I, I dug it. Um... One thing that I, I, I couldn't quite remember, because I haven't seen the other ones in quite some time here, is the, the idea that uh, I think Cindy Lou Who is, is more fleshed out than any, char- than, than any version of that character that we've seen thus far. And I, 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 I like that. I, I thought we can get a little bit more into who this girl is, why she wants to. And, uh, and it just it makes you it makes your own heart grow because you're just like, oh, I, you know, I hope kids could be that sweet. But they probably aren't. <laughs> Most kids are probably the, the worst of the worst. Um, I don't really know too much else what to say about this without, like, you know, just sitting down and giving away gags and things of that nature. Uh, but there's a lot of that. There's a lot of visual jokes, a lot of, uh, it's just, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I, I, you know, adults, adults watch this film. Kids can watch it. Anybody can have a good time at it. But again, I, I think it's one of those things that, you don't need me to sell it to you. So uh, uh, that's that's The Grinch. Go out and see that. Uh, I think it's uh, quite a good time at the film. And uh, Scott Mosier, man. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Uh, the guy that plays uh, Willem, what's his nose there? The guy that... Uh, Love snowballing uh, would be the <laughs> would be the director of a Grinch movie. All right, let's get into it. Here is the trailer for our next new release review. Here's a trailer for Overlord. Three months ago, I was cutting grass in my front yard. And the mailman shows up with a letter from the army. Now I'm here. No idea where I'm gonna end up. Welcome to France. What happened here? Some questions don't have good answers. There's a lot of soldiers out there, and there's only four of us. Find out what's inside that compound. Let's go. 
this? A thousand year army. These thousand year soldiers. the trailer for Overlord, second new release review of the week, IMDb Plotline. A small group of American soldiers find horror behind enemy lines on the eve of D-Day. Again, uh, couldn't be more simplistic than that, I suppose. It's uh, directed by Julius Avery, written by Billy Ray and Mark L. Smith, starring uh, Jovian Adepo. Mm, that sounds like I did that right. Wyatt Russell. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to get this one wrong. Uh, Me- Mathelide Olivier, Olivier, maybe, I don't know, uh, the attractive young lady that was in there. Uh, John Majara, Magara, listen, why are people's names in Hollywood now harder to pronounce than mine? Can't we get back to Brad Pitt? Can't you people choose screen names that, you know, that are easy for us all to say? I just want, <laughs> just make it easy for me, Okay. I mean, you know, I long for the days when we all thought Channing Tatum was a tough name. <laughs> I just got Chiwetel Ejiofor for crying out loud. Why keep giving me more? You're just like, oh, you got that one. That'll be fine. Let's give him another one. No, don't give me any more ones. Give me more like a, here's, here's Grant, Grant Robinson. Like that's, that's, that's the kind of actor I want to read on IMDb, damn it. Uh, okay. So as you heard there, there was the Overlord trailer and, uh, I think that's one of the biggest problems that this movie has is the trailer. I don't think that anyone knew what the hell that this movie was supposed to be. Uh, box office for this thing uh, budget is around thirty-eight million. It looks like in the U.S. it's grossed seventeen million, and I think the reason for that is is it has a horrible trailer. Everyone gets out and they don't know what the hell this movie's about now. In many ways, that can be a great thing. I love a movie that you watch the trailer and you're just like, okay, I think I've got a good idea of about what this is. And then you go to the movies and it's a way different movie than what you thought. I love that. To me, that's a lot of fun where something takes a hard left and all of a sudden you are in crazy town and it's a fun, enjoyable adventure. However... If you have not sold the people on what they're watching up front, they're never going to get to that cool, wild, and crazy out back. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let's just take, for example, Dust to Dawn. Dust Till Dawn is essentially two different movies. Now, I don't remember much from the Dusk Till Dawn, but I think they, they, they put enough in there. But let's just say, let's, let's go from a, a, a fresh perspective as if we don't know anything about the Dust Till Dawn, right? The first half of Dust Till Dawn, you could absolutely make that into a trailer that totally sells that movie and no one knows about, you know, what happens from, you know, Titty Twister on. That's the name of the bar for those of you who have not seen Dust Till Dawn. If you haven't seen Dust Till Dawn, what are you doing? Pause this podcast. Go watch Dust Till Dawn and then come back. I'll wait. But uh, you could sell that movie. You could sell that first half of the movie where, you know, Tarantino and Clooney, uh, you know, kidnap Harvey Keitel and his kids and, and crazy ensues, right? And you could sell that the, the back half vampire movie as well. But you, so you didn't have to. You didn't have to do that. But with this movie, uh, I, I don't think people really realized what they were getting going in. I think I think most people thought there was going to be some sort of uh, sci-fi element to it, uh, which of course that there is. It gets into the you know the crazy Nazi occult, uh, making kind of zombie warriors, if you will. Uh, let's see. This movie's good. The movie is good. It takes a while to get going. I'll say that. Uh, 
Uh, because the big thing is, is we're not quite sure where we live. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. We are in a very alternate kind of dimension here. This is clearly taking place during World War II. But, you know, it's it's Hollywood. And, you know, if you're going to do this, it's fine. You know, I don't care that you do it. But you have to wrap your head around real quick. It's like, why is that? Why why are so many people of color here? Because this, they wouldn't be here if we're going by historical accuracy. They they probably wouldn't be in this air infantry that's that's coming in to go behind enemy lines and things of that nature. It just wasn't done as much then. So you're you're scratching your head going because they don't really tell you when it starts. It's like is this modern? Where I don't okay. And eventually, once you get into once you start accepting, you know, kind of where you are, how this is going to be uh, very alternative to the actual history of stuff. Uh, it's fine and it, and it works. And this movie is a lot of fun. I wish the characters were probably a little bit more developed. Our, our main character, I, I don't really, you know, you can talk about letters home and things of that nature all you want. It doesn't make me care about you that much. Uh, but the guy who's like more from the, the New York guy, I, I care about him more because like while he is a kind of broad sort of broadly written character and everything, you tend to like him. You tend to like him. Um, uh, what what's his name there? Uh, oh shucks, Wyatt Russell's character is is kind of entertaining. Uh, you sort of like the the girl that's in it. It's an okay movie. It, it's not fantastic. It's not great, but it is one of those things. I think had it been sold differently, people might actually enjoy this film. I compare this to uh. The, the Tom Cruise movie, uh, see, it's been renamed so many times, I never remember <laughs> it properly. Uh, but uh, it's now been called Live, Die, Repeat, which was, is not its initial title. Uh, and, but its, it's first initial initial title, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, was the, was the theatrical title. But the comic book that it's based on uh, was called All You Need Is Kill, which is a great name. And then they're like, oh, we'll, we'll change that to this one. Oh, that doesn't work. Uh, how about we change it to uh, Live, Die, Repeat? And we'll put that on the thing, but we'll put the actual uh, title real small in there. But we'll put the Live, Die, Repeat real big. And the problem with that movie was, is that was a fantastic movie. Doug Lyman, if memory serves. Uh, it was a fantastic movie that was sold horribly. The the commercial the, the every time the trailers went out it had that weird kind of strange robot-y singing voice. No one liked it. Everyone's just like, and I could see through it. I saw through the trailer. I'm watching the trailer going, this is a crap trailer, but it feels like there's a good movie inside there trying to get out. But for whatever thought they had in their head of how they're going to advertise it, and sure enough, Edge of Tomorrow comes out. It's a fantastic film. Um, now this, I would not put this in the same league as, uh, as that movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it is a movie that was failed by its marketing attempts. Um, but if you, here's the thing, if you like alternative history sort of stuff, if you like the, uh, the idea of like Nazis going into crazy occult type stuff of which, you know, there was some sort of, there was some history of that. So it's not completely, uh, and, uh, wildly unfounded. Uh, if you dig that sort of stuff, you'll dig this movie as well. The action is good. The gore is actually pretty good. I was that was one of the things I was surprised about. It's nice to have a good rated R uh, film and see some good, uh, some good blood and guts and all that kind of stuff. And uh, listen, it's entertaining. It's an entertaining little romp. It's nothing that I would write home about. It's nothing that I would say that you would have to go have to go out to the theaters and see uh, because it's probably out of most places as it is right now. But I w- and, and that's a quick that's a quick turnaround, man. That's a quick turnaround because I'm already starting to see the screenings for it go down quite a bit. Uh, but if you can and you'd like to do that within that certain amount of time, go out and see Overlord. I think it's uh, well worth your time and money. And uh, well, maybe not well worth. It's worth enough. <laughs> it's certainly worth the Netflix on on a rainy Saturday or something of that nature. So that's Overlord. Uh, it is in theaters right now. Let's go ahead and talk about our last new release review of this week. Here is the trailer for The Girl in the Spider's Web. Sorry I said those things. 
Spiders don't get stuck in their own webs. Alrighty, that was the trailer for The Girl in the Spider's Web, last new release review of the week. IMDb plotline, young computer hacker Elizabeth Salander and journalist Michaela Blomquist find themselves caught in a web of spies, criminal minds, or excuse me, cyber criminals, rather, and corrupt government officials. This is uh, directed by Fede Alvarez. Mm. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, starring Claire Foy, uh, Sevier Goodson, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, uh, Sylvia Hawks, Hawks? Hmm? Uh, sure. Stephen Merchant, and more. Okay. So let's talk about this, shall we? This is a Sony property, and as we know, Sony has no damn clue what they're doing uh, ever. <laughs> as we've proven with the Sony email hack, and we learn the inner workings of that jumbled mess they call a studio over there. Now, back in 2011, there was a movie called Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, directed by David Fincher. Uh Okay, so David Venture. Now, now here's the thing. You just heard the lineup that I gave for this movie. Here was the lineup for that movie. You got David Venture directing, starring Daniel Craig, Rooney Mara, Christopher Plummer, Stellan Sarsgaard, uh, Robin Wright. Uh, come on, dude. That's a movie. That's a movie. <laughs> And that movie came out in 2011, an amazing score by uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, which I uh, I own a copy of that because I thought it was that good. Uh, so seven years later, we get the sequel to that film. I think no one really thought that Fincher was going to come back, and we thought at least at least at some point, can we get like can we get Rooney Mara to come back, and can we get uh uh. Can we get a you know a Bond to come back and everything like that? If if Daniel Craig can't come back and Rudy Mara can't come back, those are your two main characters that go throughout this thing. Is it really worth it? And they were like, hey, maybe Fincher's going to direct this. Fincher doesn't do a lot of sequels, really, per se. Alien 3, I don't really technically even count that one. They're talking about him maybe directing um, World War Z 2. That's still been up in the air for quite some time. I don't know if that's ever going to uh, come to fruition. But again, I think it would be weird for him to, you know, get on 
a uh, a property let's call it midway <laughs> into the uh, equation and everything but and now so so let's take that idea let's let, let's let's put that aside because that that was a, what I consider to be a quite a really good film uh in just everyone's everyone in there just just did a bang up job then we have this movie. It's directed by Fetty Alvarez, who uh, most recently did Don't Breathe, which a lot of people loved. I thought was okay. It's not great, just okay. And also did the Evil Dead remake slash sequel slash whatever. Who knows what the hell that thing is. Again, which I just thought was okay. I thought that chainsaw thing at the end I think it was a chainsaw, right? That was badass. I'm not going to lie to you. That was just like, whoa, <laughs> you did that? Oh, rock on. But by and large, that movie was just like, so <laughs> I don't really care. So I'm not, I was kind of, uh, I was like, hey, man, maybe we've, we've got this guy. I think he's a very competent director. Let's see what he's going to do with this. And I'll say this. Fetty Alvarez, in my opinion, is really becoming a uh, kind of one of those go-to directors. And I don't mean that in the way you're probably thinking. Because most people go like, oh, that's a go-to director. That means that's a guy that you go to and he's going to get you an amazing product every single time. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean at all. What I really mean is that there are certain directors out there that are fantastic work-to-hire directors. Someone that you know can come in and will give you a, uh, a decent product no matter what. You're, you, you're not going to get something that's amazing. You won't get a David Fincher kind of work, but you'll get a Fetty Alvarez kind of work, which is something that's, that's just solid. Nothing special, nothing fancy or flashy or over the top or anything of that nature, but something that is at least, you know, very approachable, very, you know, well-crafted, but not amazing. And honestly, that's what we got here. Uh, I was afraid uh, Claire Foy, uh, while, while a great actress, um, I, I don't, I certainly didn't think this would be a part for her. Um, they didn't. She's an attractive lady, but I don't think they kind of uglied her up enough and everything. If that if that makes a whole lot of sense, I really love the the way that Rooney Mara looked in the last film. Is she just had almost kind of a weird alien vibe to her in a strange way. Um, the guy they have playing Blumquest this time, I he doesn't feel like he's too young. He doesn't feel like this old magazine stalwart and everything that. Uh, that Daniel Craig was playing in the first one. There's just, there's no gravitas to that role at all. And, uh, and, and really the first dragon tattoo movie was almost as much his movie, if not even more so, uh, than it was Slander's movie. And this one goes, this new movie goes back into her past and everything, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, but ultimately at the end of the day, this movie winds up being very, very forgettable. Uh, and, and I think a lot of that really is just due to the point that, that like I said, Fetty Alvarez is a very competent director, just not maybe necessarily a great director director. And then and again, that's not a bad thing. I'm not poo-pooing uh, stalwart directors that can, you know, come out and just give out a decent product. Uh, oh, want to talk for half a second. We got Lakeith Stanfield, who's, uh, whose who's year is really just kind of blowing up for that guy, man. Uh, let, let me look at his IMDb here for just what he's done in the, this past two years alone, because it's, it's, it's kind of been huge. So he's in girls. He was in this movie. Uh, he was in 15 episodes of Atlanta this year. Uh, he was in sorry to bother you, which was, which was great. Uh, death note from last year. And, uh, you know, the, the guy he's, he's had a real quick career. And of course, you know, get out was, you know, I would think one of his big, Bigger uh, kind of breakout hits there and everything. But the guy's been, he's been around for a while, but he's finally getting in some good stuff. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't want to say he's wasted in this film, but I don't buy his character for one second. <laughs> 
I don't buy who he is. I don't buy what he does. You can't just put the these like nerd glasses on this suave black dude and make me believe that he's like some like crazy hacker slash uh, uh, super marksman and everything like that that works for the FBI. I don't buy it for a second. I, I like him a lot, but I'm just like, no. <laughs> no, I don't buy this. Like you're you're too he's too cool for for that role and he's too I again, it's one of those things I think he was too I think he's too young for that role too. I think if he was another, you know, if he was a good 15 20 years older, perhaps that would have worked. But I I think at his age, how old is this cat? Christ, 1991. Jesus, he's a baby. Uh yeah, if he if he was at least another ten to fifty, I'm gonna say twenty. If he was another twenty years old, that might work. But at this point, it's just like I don't know, and I don't know how the hell the FBI works and how these people. None of these things ever make any sense to me. Uh, but we find Elizabeth Slanders like you know, long lost uh, uh, sister, I guess. She was, I don't, listen, I don't want to tell you the plot because you know what? Here's the end. At the end of the day, the plot's fucking boring. It's boring. I don't think you need to see this flick. <laughs> That's ultimately what we're getting down to here is I don't think you need to see this movie. I think the movie's very forgettable. I think you'd walk away from it and you wouldn't feel bad at all. How long is this son of a bitch? It feels like it was forever. It's an hour and 57 minutes, but I'll be damned if it doesn't feel like it's longer than that. And the first one is longer than that. The girl, girl with the dragon tattoo is much longer. Uh, as venture movies tend to be, but you care about the characters and this, I, I don't much care about the characters. There's a couple of cool, like there's a couple of cool set pieces and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, that feels like more like, uh, you know, um, showing how cool your home theater system is as opposed to showing people how good an actual movie is. And so that's where I think where this movie certainly falls short. Um, I, I can't really recommend it. I don't think many people are going to. What was the what was the box office on this bad boy? I'm curious. I don't think it was much because I certainly Oh my god. Yeah, they won't be making another one of these. Uh the budget for this bad boy was an estimated forty three million dollars, uh, which, you know, is kind of a nice mid budget these days. That's not too high, not too low, but when you gross thirteen million dollars at the box office, that's a loser. And again, I, I think you, you take away Fincher. Uh, out of the situation, you take uh, you know great recognizable names like Daniel Craig out of the mix, and you add on seven years in between movies, and you're bound to get something like this. You're bound to get a movie that no one cares about, and those books were super popular for a good hot minute and you know not for nothing the guy did die and you know couldn't put out anything else so it's not like he had further work to uh to continue on the like hey it's the guy that does the stuff and all this kind of good you know, it just didn't happen so uh overall i cannot recommend this movie i mean if you're super into the books or you know but no i i i just it's 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 not horrible. It's not great. Uh, there's one, I forget what her part was. There was one really attractive lady in there that was just like, holy moly, she was hot. Anyway, that's the only thing I can think of now. I'm like, let's try, what's what's one of the really good bits? Uh, that lady was super hot in the thing. Uh, but that's it. I, I, I can't really suggest this. I, I don't know why anyone would go to see it. And, uh, according to the box office, nobody did. Okay, so that's it, everybody. Uh, that's it for this uh, week's episode. There'll be more coming because you know what? Uh, that's what I kind of do around here. On the next episode, which may be released in a couple of days or so, we'll be talking uh, a little bit more, a little higher end, a little bit more artsy-fartsy, if you will. Uh, we'll be talking about a movie called uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? A movie about a movie with Melissa uh, with. Melissa McCarthy, that's easy for me to say, uh, where she's not getting hit in the crotch with stuff. 
Uh, we'll also be talking about another film called Border. It's a Swedish film. But, of course, you know, I don't want to get too artsy-fartsy on everybody. I'm also going to be covering Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, the new one in the uh, the Wizarding World series. I guess that's what they're calling it now. Uh, so I'll be checking out that uh, on the next episode as well. And you know what? You're not going to have to wait a whole darn week for it because I'm going to be coming back pretty darn quick here. So, uh you know, keep it in mind. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody that supports over at patreon.com slash the film fine helping this thing. I'm going to have uh, uh, some special stuff coming out for you very soon. So at the uh, request of Maria, I don't think I'm going to do as many as I thought I was going to do because God, it just feels like bad. We did do the 31 Days of Halloween Horror, uh, which I thought was really, really fun. I'm not going to do... So she suggested that I do Christmas movies. And uh, like, so after the day after Thanksgiving until Christmas, do a Christmas movie every day. Uh, I thought I might do that. That seemed that's it's way too fucking much. <laughs> so I'm gonna pick some of my favorite Christmas films. I'm gonna do 12 Days of Christmas leading up to Christmas. So if you want to get some of those and uh, and hear those extra reviews and all that kind of good stuff, head on over to Patreon.com/slash The Film Find. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can help keep this show flowing. And uh, you know, maybe we'll have some people back for some special episodes and some other things like that. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge say no more that's it everybody join me in eh, not too awful long when we talk fantastic beasts can you ever forgive me and uh the most fucked up movie i've seen of this year called border join me next week won't you uh my name is adam portress go out and see some movies damn it